You're listening to The Caravan of Hope, promoting peace, safety, and well-being for every individual on earth. Well, and me, COVID Omatic. We're coming to you from Ōtipoti, Dunedin, in the South Island of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and today is Thursday, the 22nd of February. What are we going to be chatting about today, COVID? Uh, we'll be talking about what's happening in Gaza and in the West Bank. Um, we're also going to be talking about the United Nations resolutions, um, and we'll be talking about the march that we went on last week. And the fact that this week there's not going to be a march, there's going to be a film instead called mm-hmm. The Five Broken Cameras. And then maybe we might round it off with some reflections you've made on um, the first Buddhist precept. The first precept and also one of the, you know, which is very similar to the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments. Okay. The, the one about killing other people. Okay, well, let's get into it. So I guess the first thing we're going to do today is we're going to do a wee bit of follow-up. And top of the agenda, I guess, is um, after 130 days, New Zealand has finally stepped up to the plate, holding the hands of other nations, but... Uh, Canada and Australia. And it's called for a ceasefire. Called for a ceasefire, which is... um, It's wonderful, and it's just, you wonder, how has it taken us that long? It's very sad, but anyhow, it's... It's a step in the right direction. What we can see is actually all the things that we're doing, all the people marching, all the people writing letters, is actually having an effect. Yeah. And um, a new government is probably about establishing its relationships with its international friends and making sure it doesn't tread on anyone's corns. But um, I still have to say, from a personal perspective, I'm really disappointed that um, our current government has waited so long and almost um, 30,000 deaths in Gaza. Um, And nearly 70,000 people injured, which is huge. If you think about that, like in Dunedin, we have something about 120,000 people, so that would be Mm. five out of every six people you know would be either dead or seriously injured. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to take in. However, I guess, you know, whatever the machinations of the government are, at least they've done something, which is a good start. Yeah. Um, speaking of nations taking action, yeah. there was a wee bit of activity in the UN this week. The UN, yes. Um, Algeria put forward a motion, another motion. I think it might be the third resolution to... Yeah. Uh, probably it's about the sixth, I would think, but it, I think it might be actually be the third official one. Uh, which went to the Security Council, um, that there should be a permanent ceasefire. And, of course, everybody... Well, uh, 13 countries voted in favour of a ceasefire. England managed to abstain, which is good. That's a step in the right direction. But, of course, the US put a veto to it, um, which is... I, I don't understand the US anyhow. 
My understanding is um, the reason they put their veto in is because they said um, it would uh, compromise talks that are being undertaken with the US, Israel, Hamas and Qatar for um, a, a temporary ceasefire and um, the allowing of aid um, to get into Gaza on scale. And I guess by saying on scale, they're talking about not just having 100 trucks go in, but having an, enough supplies drop in so that every um, man, woman and child who is currently um, experiencing those deprivations due to the war would be able to be resourced. And that sounds very noble, but um, a temporary ceasefire it sounds kind of like, well, well, we'll feed you, we'll clothe you, we'll give you what you need, and then we'll continue killing you. Yeah. That, that's what I hear when I hear temporary ceasefire. So so a US actually wanted to bring another draft resolution, which would, as you said, give us temporary ceasefire mm. and allow humanitarian aid in. Because mm. at the moment, I think, as you remember, our friend Ruler said, just on water alone, wasn't it, in the... In the occupied territories. In the occupied the, territories. In the West Bank, I think they, they yeah. got 40 litres as opposed to 125 litres. And in Gaza, they're lucky to get three litres per yeah. person per yeah. day. And probably they don't get that at the moment because there's 1.2 million people in the Rafa, in the, the mm. yeah. uh, refugee camp, yeah. which somebody said is the size of Heathrow Airport. Yeah, and if you think of um, people just being corralled into a small tiny area um yeah it, it's it's just a recipe for disaster so um, and and the they're bombing them they, they said it, i think yesterday there was 300 people were killed mm. i'm not sure if that was by bombing and sniper shooting plus they also use drones to go ahead and shoot yeah presumably well no i can't say presumably because it could be anybody mm. um, suffice and, it to say the situation after 130 days is no better off than it was um, back then. So, um, and um, 12,000 children, over 12,000 children have been killed. Mm. You know. So last Saturday saw yet another march through um, the streets of Dunedin from um, the Museum Reserve to the Octagon. Did you have any reflections on the march? Um, I, I think it's good it's still happening, you know, there are still lots of people coming out and um, um, the, the, the bit that stood out for me, well actually two things stood out, one was as we were marching past McDonald's there was a chant of, to boycott McDonald's because um, McDonald's has been providing food, free food to the uh, IDF soldiers. I'm not sure in the West Bank or in Israel or as a whole, or mm. I don't know. And is that part of the BDS that um, Ruler had talked about? Yeah, there's a, there's a thing called BDS, which is boycott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> boycott something and something else. Uh, Let me just Google that while you're struggling. Anyway. Anyhow. Um, Yes, she was saying that with South Africa, one of the things that happened when there was a campaign against South Africa was one of the things that was strongest was an economic boycott. Yeah. And so as individuals, we can um, 
we can do our part by not buying things that are produced by Israel. Mm. And if I think of McDonald's, I think I've mentioned this previously, you know, once the war in Ukraine um, got underway, most of the McDonald's um, outlets in uh, Russia were closed almost automatically. Yeah. So almost overnight. And BDS, for those of you who haven't figured it out already, is Boycott, Divestment, Sanctions, a movement to end international support for Israel's oppression of Palestinians. Right. And then we just got a wee bit further down the street and Starbucks came in for some attention as well. Yes, I'm not quite sure what Starbucks did. But anyhow, um, if you look at BDS, you can see a whole list of companies and products that are come from Israel. And as she said, um, unfortunately, most people only work when economic things mm. hit them. Mm. And it's funny you say that because I was listening to the news this morning and um, I see Britain has frozen the assets of um, key leaders of the prison system in Russia after the death of um, Mr Navalny in prison the other day. Now that's happened within 48 hours of that news. Yeah. So these are things that can be done straight away. Yeah. But as usual, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and political manoeuvring in the background, which to the man in the street, like me, seems rather curious and you, you've got to wonder what's at stake. But yeah. I guess it goes back to our own ceasefire. I'm yeah. sure Chris Luxon does not want to see children dying in Gaza. Yeah. and is just weighing up his options. But oh, it, it just seemed to take so long. The, so, uh, yeah, the other part that came out was um, Rula, this, <coughs> she's the lady who spoke a few weeks ago, um, and she said her family, the area they're in, the whole place has been bombed and everything, but mm. by some miracle, the the parents' house is still standing. Mm. Um, she says, you know, it's kind of held up by strings. That's what it looks like. And her cousin, whose house had been destroyed, uh, sent a picture of her in there with her children. And what they were doing was they were reading books, they were learning to read. So mm. it's like, even amidst this horrendous, you know, they haven't got, f they might only be having one meal a day um, incredibly little water um, there's still the, that resilience and Rula talked about the resilience that the Palestinians have you know and, and I think she said that um, outside in the whole world there's something like 18 million Palestinians altogether mm. most of whom are refugees who from the various incursions by Israel since 1948 and um, just you mentioning that reminded me that when Rula was talking about her father who was born in a tent as a result of his family being expelled from Palestine in 1948, um, she talked about her family and you know they, they're all highly successful people um, academically, professionally and um, yeah, despite all those privations and all those different things happening, they've managed to get on. It just gives you some indication of the strength of the human spirit when it's under such extreme circumstances. And yeah, I just shake my head at um, their ability to do that. And and I think, you know, the, 
people say what's you know what's the point of doing these things like marches well one is i think because people are marching all around the world and as robert patman said in the usa um, 60 percent of the young people are actually against what's happening in israel mm. um, and this is starting to get you know new zealand's doing something australia's doing something canada's doing something i think that's that's happening but i think the other thing that's really important is that in going on these marches, we actually give support to the Palestinian people who are here, who are in absolute despair. You know, their relatives being killed. They don't know if what's going to happen today. If they, if there's going to be a call saying yet another relative is killed or, or wounded or maimed or blinded, um, or or imprisoned. Um, you know, part of the the resolution that the U.S. put forward is to have the exchange of prisoners. Well, hostages, as I think we mentioned before, when Hamas went into Israel and got um, took people away, they called them hostages, and I think there's 115 left in Gaza. Uh, but since October 2nd, Israel's gone in, in the West Bank alone, has what they call arrested 3,500 people. They went into their houses forcibly. They've mm. also killed another... 350 to 400 people in the West Bank mm. um, and but these people are not called hostages when we looked it up the only mention you get of hostages of exchange really is the the Jewish hostages you know and I don't condone what what Hamas did with the hostages but no. this way of unequal viewing of the word yeah and I guess this always comes back to this old chestnut of you know who is sharing the information and how is it, um, what, what is the best way? And as Ruler had said, you've only got to take a, a stroll on Instagram to see people who are uploading real-time footage of um, what's happening there, rather than being filtered through um, Google. You know, if you search Google for um, hostages, the only thing you see is um, the Israeli hostages. Yeah. That's probably no accident. That algorithm will be designed to throw that straight up. And again, it's probably the language we're using um, Israel wouldn't call their, um, the people they've arrested no. hostages. They'd just call them... Prisoners. Prisoners of war or um, military. Even, I don't think they'd even call them prisoners of war. Yeah, political yeah. detainees or yeah. who knows. Yeah. Now, I understand there's going to be no march in Dunedin this week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, I think there's going to be marches everywhere else in, in New Zealand. Um, but this week in Dunedin, instead, they're showing a film called Five Broken Cameras, mm -hmm. um, which I actually saw maybe 10 years ago when the, um, I think the first new film did, came to New Zealand and there was a showing probably all around New Zealand. And this is the story of a, a man who lived in Gaza who um, is a self-trained um, photographer and um, videographer who got his first camera to basically document the life of his um, first-born child, yeah. but inadvertently became a, a, a historian of the events that were happening in um, in Gaza and uh, in terms of Israeli settlements being established. Yeah, yeah. and and you know what happens when there's a demonstration by Palestinians and the you know the the um, what's the word? Uh, what what the Israeli forces do? 
So um, we'll put a link to that film on our um, Facebook page and we'll probably um, run it on the bottom of this um, recording as well. Uh, um, and that film will be showing at 2pm at the All Saints Church in uh, North Dunedin. Okay, All Saints Church, 2pm this Saturday instead of the march. All Saints Church is opposite the big rugby ground in the middle of the one-way system. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, you were reflecting this week um, about in your um, time as a Buddhist monk about how one of your teachers had said, um, if, yeah. if all humankind could adhere to just the first precept, yeah. um, things, the world would be a better place to be. So. Can you maybe tell us about that and then um, talk a wee bit about um, that precept and, and, and how it seems to be common yeah. across yeah. most, well, all, nearly all religions? Yeah. Um, well, this, this uh, in Buddhism is what's called the five precepts. Um, and the first one is um, to refrain from killing living beings. So... Um, my teacher Ajahn Samedo, uh, who's an American monk who, who trained in Thailand, um, I remember him talking, saying, you know, uh, what a difference it would make to the world if we were all able to keep this one precept. Um, now, at the time, I was a young, enthusiastic monk, uh, and as a monk, you keep 237 precepts. So I remember thinking, you know, just one precept. Surely we can manage better than that. We can keep 237, you know, and our, our precepts included to the extent of not killing flies or mosquitoes. Um, so it was any, any living being. Um, but now looking back, where I'm probably more like the age my abbot was when he gave the talk, uh, I realised, yeah, wouldn't it, that if people had just people could just do that, what a difference it would make in this world. Mm. What a huge difference it would make. Mm. And, and as you say, when you reflect on other religions, mm. um, pretty much every religion has a, somewhere in its basic um, founding documents something about not killing people. So for instance, the, the Christian religion the Jewish religion and the Muslim religion all go back to the Old Testament and so they all go back to the Ten Commandments. Mm. And one of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not kill. Um, um, and I imagine it's fairly similar in most other religions, but I'm, I'm, for that I'm not totally sure. I'm not an expert on religion, but um, it does seem pretty basic. And I guess the other thing is that, you know, killing is enshrined in law. It's, it's just, it's completely illegal. And the yeah. sanctions that we have in our own society for the taking of life are quite strong. Yeah. But it seems to go out the window when it comes to matters of conflict. It, well, it seems to come, go out the window when, for some reason, uh, either greed or power... Um, uh, we decide that other people, uh, other people actually, uh, or the powers that be decide, other people are not actually like us. Mm. There's something different, mm. 
and it's okay to kill them mm. or it's okay to kill them in certain circumstances so for instance we were looking about the um, thing called the terra nullis yeah which was a resolution brought forward by the vatican in 1095 14 i'm just reading it here 1454 and 1493 which granted dominion over terra nullis that's empty lands through the right to invade quote infidel territories and perpetually subjugate soulless people yeah so and we've got um an article here that says it was on March the 30th last year that the Vatican issued a statement repudiating that document of discovery. Finally. Finally. That's Pope Francis, who we have to say has also spoken out very strongly about the Gaza conflict. Yeah, big ups to the the Pope for that. Yeah. Um, so to come back to the idea of the precept, yeah, well, well, I was going to do one other thing with last year. I did some, some studies, and one of the things that they said was, as a result of that, the Spanish particularly, and the Portuguese, probably all the other nations too, went to South America. Mm. And I think in Hispaniola, which I think is modern-day Haiti and Puerto Rico, I might have got that wrong, um, there were three million inhabitants, and there were only a few thousand after mm. 100 years or something. Mm. It was just this idea that these people are, they're not human. Yeah. Sometimes they gave them the choice convert mm. or die. Mm. I think this mm. may have been common to both Christian mm. and Muslim things. So what we're really saying is that in civilizations as they evolved, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we, we pride ourselves, I guess, that we live in a time when we're quite reasonable, when we um, adhere to what we call a, 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 a Bill of Human Rights. We're civilised. We would consider ourselves to be civilised. Um, and we can look back in history and say, how is that possible? That, that's, very, that's terrible. Mm. I wonder how we'll be judged in, in the years to come about standing by and watching... Uh, thousands of people drown in the Mediterranean every year trying to escape environmental and political upheaval. How we'll document how we've treated people in um, the Middle East, how we've gone to war for resources. Because yeah. um, those precepts, you know, they date back thousands of years. Yeah. And, you know, if you were to um, speak to um, any Christians around the world about the Ten Commandments, they know exactly what they are. Yeah. But like many things, people would probably say, well, perhaps they're aspirational. You know, it, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? I guess it is. You know, there's that, that thing, war will only cease, war will stop when men cease to fight. Yeah. Um, which is a big, and I guess it comes back to the thing we were talking about before, that actually, as men, we seem to be almost unable to do that or a lot of us unable to do that to actually mm. not seek revenge you mm. know not to um, go go for our own personal gains and and subjugate other people mm. exploit them and if they don't agree kill them well i guess you know i'm no um, psychologist and i'm certainly no anthropologist but i'm mm. sure we could probably um, 
draw some very long bows and, and, and make some guesses as to why the human civilization is living the way it is. Mm. But to just bring it back to the present, here we are in New Zealand and um, we're talking about the, the actions that are taking place not only in Gaza but in the Ukraine and in the southern Sudan and all of these places where our aim is that we want all human beings to, to have peace and safety and well-being. And I, personally, I don't think it's asking a lot. No, no. And, and if you think about it, the enormous amounts of money that are spent on arms, mm. the USA is some huge amount, I can't even remember how much it is. Mm. It, it's enormous. If that money was actually spent on helping people with water, growing food, reforestry, you know, because as you say, a lot of the refugees going across in boats are not actually from war, they're actually from the environment because they haven't been you know, we've just exploited these places, cut down the forest. When you cut down the forest, all the goodness is actually in the, mm. the trees, mm. so you end up with a desert. Mm. Well, you can grow, you know, maybe you can grow palm oil trees for 10 years, or you can put your, your hamburger beef cows on them. Mm. But um, it only lasts that amount. And we know this. We've known this for, well, we've known it forever, but we, we've known it particularly in the last 50 years. I knew it. It's funny, I was watching a National Geographic um, film about ancient Greece mm. and they were talking about um, the, the, one of the reasons they came to prominence and had such, um, speaking of sentient beings, we were joined by a fly, um, how they established their power was um, through olive oil. Yeah. And um, it, they were talking about how many generations it takes to to get a, a viable olive oil um, plantation running yeah and that put me in mind of what ruler had said about all the olive trees that have been destroyed in gaza and i guess that's the other sorrow that um is is ahead in the future for that area is that a lot of those um uh economic um resources that, that they're they're hoping that they can rebuild with you know it will take years to um, re-establish something i've just been thinking about while you've been talking about that um terra nullis is yeah. that um it's wonderful that um, pope francis had uh, rescinded that um document of discovery um last year but the world is still dealing with their fallout from those actions. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, you know, because initially maybe it was the Spanish and the Portuguese, the, the Spanish Inquisition, um, but also the other European nations went on board. So England, Holland, uh, Germany, France, France, Belgium, Belgium. Yeah. Um, all have been colonial countries, you know, and like America. Um, huge colonization there. I was thinking it was slightly ironic that Thanksgiving Day mm. is actually a, a thing to thank the Indians for supporting the initial uh, settlers who would have died without their support. Yet, um, in the last 400 years, the, the Native American Indian population has been decimated. Mm. And similarly, in Australia, um, where until 1967, Aboriginal people were classified as flora or fauna, and you actually, they, they were um, game 
basically people would go out and shoot them, which mm. is, is horrendous. You know? And this is the entire stolen generations situation. Yeah. But as I was reflecting, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. You know, you know, our own country's got its own um, situations to deal with. We, we often get a bit haughty about our friends across the ditch and the way they treated the Aborigines. But, um, you know, we probably need yeah. to get our house in order in terms of um, some of the things that are still going on. And one can only think of some of the more recent legislation changes that our new government is trying to put through, which seem deliberately targeted at um, uh, our indigenous people, um, the, the Tangata Māori. So, yeah. yeah. It's an ongoing, ongoing battle, isn't it? Just mm. to, to fight for basic rights of people mm. and, um, you know, to give people, I don't know, this equal, equal chance, uh, mm. equal opportunity, but also recognising, you know, with the Aborigines, they've been around, who knows, 40,000 years or something, mm. have this amazing culture, but because it wasn't, probably because they weren't white, mm. to be honest, that's probably the, the thing that, generally segregates because they weren't white and they looked different they could go all oh, these people are not you know they're not and they're not Christian they don't believe in our God they, they do have a wonderful belief beautiful mm. religious system mm. um, yeah so there's more work for mankind to do and um, hopefully anyone watching this might think of something that they can do to um, show support for the people of Gaza by marching. Or if you're in Dunedin this weekend, you might attend the, the film um, Five Cameras or Five Broken Cameras, which is at All Saints Church on Saturday at 2 p.m. Or um, email your MPs, just keep that kind of pressure up. And also, you know, um, as Brent said earlier, we're not just thinking about Gaza and Israel, so it may be that you have uh, more affinity with what's happening in the Ukraine or the Sudan or Burma or the Congo or or maybe it's to do with the the elephants being destroyed so um, a rich Chinese can make things out of their tusks you know it's, yeah um, humankind is still evolving and unfortunately change is going to take time and it may not be in our time but there are things that we can do never underestimate the ripple effect of an act of kindness or an act of support mm. or um, standing beside someone who is um, experiencing tough times but um, that's about it for this week so um, from me Brent Caldwell and from me COVID Amatic may you be well may you be happy may you live with ease and may all be So if you look at